Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Rachel Cohen, who'll be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Matt. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited to talk about stuff today. Now, before we get into that stuff, I've got some other stuff. Lots of stuff today. Uh, Today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. Now, we're not going to talk about software today. I want you to be interactive. So if, while you prepare to listen to all the cool stuff we're going to talk about today, I want you to go to Instagram and I want you to go to at my bear Jeff, because with us today, we have the founder of my bear Jeff. And once again, Rachel Cohen, welcome. Thank you. And I want to talk about my bear Jeff. So what is it? Yeah. So it's a buy one, give one business model for teddy bears. So when one bear is bought, we will donate a bear to a child who's gone through trauma. And we have worked with, we're working with local Kansas City nonprofits to pull that off. So if they have a child, whether they're in foster care, whether they've gone through abuse or in a medical situation, then we can provide them with a bear to comfort them through that. And that is awesome. Thank you. And that's why we're here. Now, part of, uh, you've been working on this for a while. Yes. I mean, quite a while, right? So I had the idea about three years ago and about four months ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to jump on this, at least start getting curious and things just started to fall into place left and right. And and we'll talk all about that as a startup. But while we're doing that, I also want you to go to Kickstarter. That's kickstarter.com and type in my bear Jeff. Um, this has just gone live. Now we're recording this episode. I normally don't put timestamps on these things, but today's December 6th and this just went live like a day ago, Yeah, Wednesday. two days ago, mm-hmm. Wednesday. So the, within 48 hours and, uh, you're, you're raising $20,000. Is that correct? Yes, and that's correct. I think at this point I didn't look, but how far are we into that? We are $2,207. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I bought some bears. Thank you. So with that. Go buy some bears. We're going to talk about the different offers that are on Kickstarter. But, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about startups and we talk about a lot of different stuff. And we have people in here that uh, this isn't just about technology. We have have had startup founders from all different walks. And this is an interesting one. And I wanted to make sure that we got you in here and got this episode out during your Kickstarter campaign. So let's talk about that for a second. How, how do we buy some teddy bears for ourselves and also give some teddy bears away to kids who need and want them. Yeah. So there's several options on Kickstarter. So if someone's interested in just being part of this and just having a bear donated, absolutely can do that. And just for $25, you can have a bear donated. So we'll handle all of that, getting that to the child and to the nonprofit. So, and there's from up from there, we've got, if you want to buy one bear and then we'll donate one bear and then there's two for two. Now the one, so, the one for one, that's $35, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then next? Yes. Yeah, so the two for two is 65. So two for two is you buy two, we'll donate two. And then it jumps up to 150 and that's you buy one bear and we'll donate five. That's what I so, did. Yeah, so, yeah. I bought one and donated five because I want to see my kids fight. 
over the one bear (laughs) and they give five away. But no, that was the option. And then was there another one? Yes. The other one jumps up to, I believe, 250 and that's five for five. So you can buy five bears. So say if you have five kids or maybe you want to give five away yourself, that's a great option. And then we'll donate five. So what's kind of cool through that is we actually will allow you to choose the nonprofit to go to within our nonprofit network. So I like it. It's really fun. So, and I mentioned that we talk about so many different startups on life online and different stuff. And this is one that's just cool. So, um, you know, like, like I said, head over to Kickstarter and buy a bear. Come on, don't be cheap. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so with that, tell us the backstory, like how'd this whole thing happen? Yeah. So, I mean, it really happened. Um, so my personal story back in the nineties, I was diagnosed with a rare heart condition. And the options were, you know, maybe I would live till I was like 12 or be on heart medication for the rest of my life. And there was an opportunity to do a procedure, which was pretty rare in the 90s, at least in a child. So we chose to do the procedure, didn't really know if I was going to live through that. And honestly, my mom was on her hands and knees praying that I would live through it. And she had kind of been at the point of she's not going to live through it. So, you know, we're going to, we're just going to get through this, right? So I lived through it. And still to this day, I've had cardiologists been astonished by it. So that was kind of the marking thing for me. That was a really big thing that happened in my childhood. And how I got through that and getting through that, I wanted to give other people, and especially kids, the opportunity to get through whatever they were facing. So fast forward to 2015, I had the opportunity to go to Southeast Asia. I was there for three months. And I saw extreme trauma and extreme poverty that really little kids go through. And I, I wanted to stay there and just be there for them, but I couldn't. And I was like, there's so many kids that need support. And I personally can't, I can't, you know, just me, I can't be there for all of them. So I came back with like just a really burning desire of like, what do I do? So it just sat in the back of my mind for several months. And um, I had actually got a massive, like these massive Costco pairs, who's Jeff. And I started this Instagram with Jeff and you know, I was like, oh, this, you know, people are really loving this. Like what, maybe there's something here. And so just remembering that connection to bears that I even had as a young child, I thought maybe a a child in, whether they're going through trauma or whatever it is, maybe they could have that kind of support. And so I had this idea and it was just this thing that just ate at me every single day for the last three years. And I always wanted to do it. And that's, I mean, that's really kind of how it came about of just really wanting to step in there and be there for these kids. And that was just one form and one way to actually do it. So I like it. Now remember, go to Kickstarter and search my bear, Jeff and buy a bear. Um, so there's a lot more than just opening a Kickstarter. Like mm-hmm. you had to, you have to design a bear. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what, what all, how did all that, how did all that oh, come man. down the, um, come down the pipe? Yeah. So I, I knew nothing about manufacturing and I was like, what, what do I do? Maybe I could, I, one of my first thoughts was, you know, I could come up with a design. I could teach myself how to sew. I could figure this out. Right. Like can't, it can't be that hard. So I remember YouTubing like tutorials and like, maybe I could sew it myself. I feel like and, making a teddy bear is probably harder than we think. I think it is, especially yeah. for it to not look like lopsided. Right. <laughs> Knowing mine, it would have looked horrible. Right. Um, so mine would look worse. So don't feel bad. Oh, I, I don't. You didn't see the doll that I made when I was a kid. <laughs> it was pretty bad. So I, um, I just kind of hit a point where I was like, man, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with like 
all the things that go into manufacturing. And I had photoshopped a bear together, my favorite pieces of several different bears. And it was a horrible Photoshop job. Like, I mean, horrendous. And um, my friend introduced me to a manufacturer partner. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And, you know, I hope he doesn't steal my idea or anything like that. And I sat down and uh, we had a two-hour meeting. And he's like, I will do your prototype for you. But you've got to give me the designs by tonight. So it was just kind of like things within like one week just flipped. And um, so I got the designs to him that evening. It was, again, a pretty rough Photoshop job. But within four iterations, they were able to really come up with this this prototype that I have now. And, um, you know, it was it was amazing how fast like even my manufacturer had pushed it through to like really make it happen. So that was one thing that was really huge that – I knew really next to nothing about. And here I had met someone who had been in the toy manufacturing industry for about four year, or 14 years. So he was really the ideal partner. So that was one of those things that one of my friends happened to know somebody. I don't know if we would call it luck or call it, you know, like I don't know what you would call it, but that was something that more or less, more or less like kind of came into my lap. So so you're trying to build a bear now. Now the my bear Jeff, it's got a, a red heart on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of a signature piece. Mm-hmm. Now you have a video on the Kickstarter page that t- tells a story too. And yes, so the bear, the bear's pretty substantial. This is a 14 inch bear, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and there's pictures of it, and you mm-hmm. see all about it. I mean, it looks like it's a cool teddy bear. I mean, this isn't yeah. just like a little tiny. Bear. I mean, this is substantial. It's mm-hmm. something you could play with. Like, how do you go about making the decision of like how big should it be? Mm-hmm. All that different stuff. Like, where? I mean, I, I have no idea about teddy bear selection. Yeah. So I have have several bears at home myself, and so I was trying to think, okay, how how can I be extremely universal in this? Right. If this is going to go overseas, how can it be culturally universal? Mm-hmm. But also if it's going to a boy or a girl, how can both of them equally really love it, right? So, or an adult and a, like a newborn, how can I make that relevant for both? So I had several friends like texting me pictures of their bears that had like little kids and like getting, just getting a lot of mom's input. So I was going to go to 12. And I remember at the very last minute when I was typing email out to my manufacturer, I switched it to 14. And the reason is it's kind of a happy medium between, you know, it's a perfect size really for kids and adults. So whether it is a newborn, it's going to be, you know, about the size of a newborn. Or if it's for an adult, it's not too small to where it doesn't feel like anything. But it's it's really just that perfect size. So with all this stuff and getting it set up, so now you, you've, you've designed a bear. Um, what kind you know, at some point you're going to have to deliver these. Right. Um, did you have to also design packaging and all this other stuff? Like, I mean, what are, I mean, it, wait, it's not just a bear. Yeah. It's, it's not just a bear. <laughs> yeah. That's one piece that's really exciting. There's so many pieces of this that I was like, I don't know what on earth I'm doing, which I think is every single entrepreneur, but yeah. you know, that passion really fuels you to just step in and figure it out. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's been some packaging design, but I just really wanted to be very simple with it and not overcomplicate it because the business model really is meant to be simple. Right. And at the heart of it is to support kids on either side, whether they're purchasing a bear or giving a bear away. So yes, um, there's been packaging design. There's been branding, marketing, photography, video. There's been a lot of pieces to have to coordinate together. And I've been really fortunate to have an amazing community here in Kansas City 
that whether has they have jumped in and helped or they have pointed me to people or, you know, late at night been giving me input on like, what on earth do I do? Just because my brain was fried at making decisions on something. So there's been a lot of pieces that have had to come together to make even the Kickstarter being able to launch. Who paid for this all up until now? It's been me. Well, mm-hmm. th- well thank you. Yeah. That's nice. That's always a decision that a founder has to make. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to get them, obviously, at the point of Kickstarter, you're wanting to get the support from sales. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, for those of you that have a product or a lot of different things, I mean, crowdfunding's a, a very reasonable approach. One pe- one thing people don't really realize about crowdfunding until you read the read the quote stuff that goes with it, that's an all or nothing thing. Mm-hmm. It is. So you want $20,000 mm-hmm. of, of sales or it doesn't happen. Right. So what, what made you decide on that number? Um, so I was thinking, what's the bare minimum that I can break even with? Was there a pun or... intended there with the bare minimum? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. So many good puns. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just was thinking, you know, what's the, what's the bare minimum I can get by with really to get this thing up and off the ground with the minimums required from a manufacturer. So that's really, it's not, you know, to pay myself or to pay myself back or anything like that. It's, it's strictly what can I do to at least get this up off the ground and then go from there. So that's what, that's what the number was. All right. So once again, go to Kickstarter and search my bear, Jeff, the, the bear's cool. I, I mean, I checked it out and I was looking at it and I was sitting here thinking, and you've met my daughter. Yes. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Dylan's Dylan's <laughs> a lot of fun. She helped me make the order. Aww. Um, and, uh, I, I showed her the bear and she said, I have a big bear. Cause she has a bear <laughs> that's like maybe your size in her room. But, um, we explained what it was for and she, and she liked that. But, um, you know, when it, when it comes to this stuff, like the, there's still a business component that, mm-hmm. ha- I mean, cause at some point you can't just continue to fund it all right. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, what kind of challenges did you go through modeling it? Cause I feel like one of the things that with a product and a Kickstarter campaign is like, you eventually have to deliver these things. Mm-hmm. And have you had to like model out? Like, I mean, are the, are the first bears, are they staying here in Kansas city? Mm-hmm. So yes. that, that makes it easy. So mm-hmm. there's not a shipping cost with right. it, but is that some stuff you've had to try to figure out as well? Yeah, and it's it's really dependent on how Kickstarter goes and what's going to happen in the next few months after that. So I do like the issues of trauma. I really want to solve in Kansas City first. I'm not solve. I can't solve anything, but I can support the kids. So yes, absolutely. So I want to start in Kansas City, and I may branch out to tier, other tier two cities. Because it's it's very easy and tempting to go overseas immediately. Like, well, that's what I was asking with the shipping. Yeah, because I we we have an office in the Philippines. We we're talking about that before we recorded. And I'm leaving shortly to go visit there, and it's mm-hmm. really really expensive to like. I mean, just like a FedEx envelope mm-hmm. is like seventy bucks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want it there quickly, I mean, mm-hmm. other than that, it might take a month. Yeah, shipping shipping definitely adds up, but I think there's a need in the U.S. that's kind of overlooked, and so sure. that's also going to cut down on shipping costs as well. So when it comes to going, you know, overseas and those type of things, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. It's definitely been something I've been thinking about in the back of my mind. So, um, yeah, so the, the shipping costs will be 
would be really nice to be cut down. So. so, all right. So now let's say Kickstarter come there. Right, so we get this, we oversubscribe this because so many people are buying bears. Mm -hmm. um, what's the goal past Kickstarter? Like, is this intended to be, or, I mean, are you wanting to build this as a self-sustaining business model that, I mean, how are you going to sell these bears when it goes past Kickstarter? What's, what's the plan there? Yeah. So working with like hospital gift shops has been an option. Okay. Um, also corporate sponsor, corporate partnerships as well. I may branch into some smaller local retailers. I don't really want to go big box retail, at least definitely not um, in the first several years. Obviously it's very hard to break into, but yeah, sure. um, so that's kind of been how I'm approaching that. Obviously there would be a lot of B2C online, but you know, to really spread and um, actually be able to sell and be profitable, that's going to be necessary through like corporate relationships and people who have bigger reach or they have access to a lot more people that are buying similar products. I see. There's, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of you that are listening that aren't in Kansas City. So buy a bear. <laughs> I mean, I think that'd be good. Like, like I said, we bought one. I bought, man, I bought, I guess I bought a half a dozen of them. Yeah. And that's good. Now, um, there's some other things out there that are kind of big and I can't remember, I know, you know, or I feel you probably know is, is it Tom's mm -hmm. that's Tom one shoes. of them? That's mm -hmm. the, I, now what do they do? Yeah. So Tom's shoes is a buy one, give one for shoes. Right. So they are, it's a, it's pretty much the identical business model. They actually, I've, I've really been looking at them closely to see how to model off of, of, you know, do I do nonprofit? Do I do for profit and all these different things? So for me, are they, what are they? They are, they're, in a, they're for profit. Sure. And they're a B Corp certi uh, certified, which is the route that I'm going to be going. What I does believe. that mean? So if it's basically saying it's a certification that says you, you are profitable, but you are, you're for profit and you're for good mm. as opposed to just for profit. So another option I consider was being for benefit, which isn't very familiar to a lot of people, but, um, it's I didn't even realize that was a thing. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, just being honest, like mm -hmm. that's why I've never heard of a B Corp. Yeah. So um, other companies like Patagonia is also B Corp. Ah. They're I'm trying to remember what other ones are. I don't know if Warby Parker is. I'd be surprised if they weren't. But Warby Parker also has the same business model where it's a one for one. And um, they also have nonprofit partners that they work with for their give back. You've got a lot of people following you on Instagram. I just added to the total. <laughs> no, I mean, that's at, at my bear, Jeff. Um, that's, that's a lot. So, um, as far as the marketing goes and getting people to know about this, like where have the, your challenges been with that? Cause uh, there is a, a viral component mm -hmm. of other people sharing and, and caring and stuff like that. But what did you do to get that off the ground? You know, it's kind of funny because my my other business is branding and I've spent a lot of time in the space of marketing. And this is one time where I'm really pushing something out myself. So it's been very interesting to kind of, I'm almost like guinea pig to the, like the rest of that. But um, I have pushed it out to every single social media channel that I have, as well as key people that I know that whether I talk to this, talk to about this or that are maybe be interested. So that's, I basically contacted every person that I can think of. And then on top of that, just, I've got several other opportunities to get out, whether it's in the community and be speaking to people and really get creative with it. I think it's very easy just to want to do the, the same like social media and just plan and expect for that to 
really have a good ROI, which it definitely can for some people. But starting out, I mean, it really is a grind. And it's it's showing up to many different places, whether there's people that are really passionate about do good companies and do good things, or they're passionate about toys or they're passionate about kids and positioning myself where those people would be. So I've got plans for several several different things over the next month just to position myself there because I will tap out of my own network and that's just kind of a reality that comes with it. So. Yeah, that's always, I've had to deal with some of that. Well, not only with starting this podcast, but my own books and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, one of the things is if you have to lean on your own social circle, um, a lot of people want to send a message and they'll say, hey, would you say something about this on your social mm-hmm. media? Um, you, 95% of the time, you're going to get a response that says, well, what do you want me to say? So I recommend that you craft the message. Mm-hmm. You like I've done that and I've had a couple best selling books because of that where I literally will instead of saying hey will you say something I give the image, I give the text, I you know I say obviously I'm not telling you what to say but if it's convenient mm-hmm. here's something and so it's my friend Matt wrote a book. You know and then the link and an image and make it easy for people to share your message. Mm-hmm and not have to put too much thought into it Mm -hmm. because somehow as people, we have a tendency to kind of muddy things up or like, what do you want to say? What do you want me to say? Mm -hmm. And said like, here's a suggestion. And that makes it a lot easier to get people to share the message. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to, if you're doing something like what you're doing, that's uh, well, anything that's charitable, obviously it's got a toy component to Mm -hmm. it. It's for kids. Like, those are the kind of things that have the ability to go quote viral mm-hmm. where like if you're trying to get your software company to go viral, mm-hmm. that's not as easy. So, yeah, for sure. And, and I've seen a lot of people sharing that. So um, now the Kickstarter is open until January 18th. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how are you feeling about that? I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up or anything like that. It's a, you know, I, just a, I'm just wanting to just stick at it. So ask me on January 18th, probably. Yeah, that's a way. So that's about 40, 40 some days from now. And, Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, I think that uh, there's, I would imagine there's a little anxiety. Oh yeah, there for sure is. There for sure is. But it's just, it's just sticking at it and, you know, not um, just constantly, whether it's telling people or, it's just, it's been amazing to see how many people have actually shared the post and I haven't even asked anybody to share it and people have just blessed, or I haven't asked any individuals, I, sh- I should say, to share it. Um, it's been more nonprofit partners, but, and it's been really amazing to see how people have just jumped on and done that. So it's just a matter of staying at it. Um, I do know there's definitely a lull time as far as Kickstarter goes in between the campaign. Likely there will be more of a quieter time where people aren't really sharing and seeing it as much. So it's really going to be overcoming a lot of that. But well, you got to get the money, you got to make the bears, got to deliver the bears. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a lot. I fear the delivery part. Delivery part? Yeah, I do personally. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as someone that's marketed some of my own stuff, like I've at first with my books, I, tr- I was like, yeah, but look, if I, I don't have to give Amazon all this money. And then mm-hmm. I started delivering them myself and I was like, this is the worst. Yeah. Like it really was. I was like, so do you have any plans for future potential distribution through things like Amazon, which make it easy? Mm -hmm. Like Amazon takes a cut of what you do, but they're working for it. Like Mm -hmm. first off, they're there. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And that's where people are going to buy stuff. And it's really easy because probably everyone has an Amazon account. And, Mm -hmm. and the main thing is, is they do the delivery for you. Mm -hmm. And that, and people, a lot of people don't realize how much time that takes unless you are selling so much stuff that you can employ like unless you have a warehouse and employees and stuff like that. And that costs money too. Like mm-hmm. you're going to pay one way or the other. Yeah, for sure. So I have a fulfillment, actually, um, fulfillment distribution partner. Mm-hmm. They, Good. So I'm, that I'm yeah. talking to. So I'm looking to several other options for that. But they can ship straight to the customer mm-hmm. and they can also strip, ship straight to my nonprofit partner. So I would just need to show up and whether I hand the bears out or – it's just going to kind of work on its own. So that's the goal. Now to start, it's probably not going to be like that. I will likely be sending them out myself. But in the end, like that's where I want it to go. So. And there's nothing wrong with that because actually that gives you a better understanding f- of what is needed mm-hmm. to be successful. And quite honestly, on some level, it also at the, at the end of all of that effort, you will have a lot more respect for <laughs> the money you pay someone else to do it. Yeah, for sure. Well, and just from a business standpoint, it's yeah. just, it's not wise to try and take all that on myself. Right. At least for, for the time being. Like, well, with the volume you're at. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that's also like a one off. Like there's going to, a whole bunch of bears are going to come in mm-hmm. and you got to get them out the door. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too. And, and maybe with the Kickstarter in this particular situation, it's not as vital, but I've seen people make some big mistakes when it comes to sourcing the, like to distribution mm-hmm. and they get overwhelmed because you get, they, suddenly have more business than they realized they could handle and they sold a whole bunch of stuff and they want to be cheap with the full, with the fulfillment end of things and delivering things at certain times of the year is not always mm-hmm. fast. Right. Uh, Cause of the volume, especially mm-hmm. like the, in the December time of year and they'll get cheap and they won't pay for a specific designation of mm-hmm. shipping. And next thing you know, it arrives after Christmas and you get a lot of pissed off people. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. something you want to avoid too. So yeah. now this this is a little different because I think with Kickstarter, your item comes in and people are happy to see it come out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of an understanding with crowdfunding. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and then, I mean, some of the things too is, and um, this isn't, a, the, the you, this won't happen here, but, you know, some of the, um, sometimes people put things out on Kickstarter and then they realize that they didn't plan mm-hmm. well with yeah. it. Well, it's something that I'm thinking in the back of my mind and, you know, not just do the give back partners have to be happy, but the people buying the bears do too. So it has to go both ways. And, um, you know, just thinking from a pure business standpoint, how can I scale this? How can I make it sustainable to where, you know, it's not just whether me shipping boxes and bears out at you know two o'clock in the morning every day, but how to be realistic with it to continue to grow it. So, and also thinking about where my best energy is going to be used as well. So that's that's kind of a lot of what that whole process is. So we'll see after Kickstarter's done and all of that to see what direction I'll take it. But likely I will have a partner that's distribution fulfillment that has a warehouse that I can house all the bears as well. Sure. So. I always say that you don't no one has any experience until the time that they did. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's really that simple. Like I hear that from people a lot and oftentimes it's an excuse, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. I don't have any experience doing that. Okay. Well, guess what? Neither does the, the, the lady that does until she did. Right. You know, you yeah. got to, sometimes you got to just roll. And that's part of startups and entrepreneurship is, um, and that's why I said, it's like maybe that, okay. In any business I've owned, managed, or played a significant part out, I've tried to do every job 
in it. And I don't mean like all day, every day, but mm-hmm. to have some perspective of where it came down from like, okay, what's it like out on the loading dock? What's it like in the manufacturing mm-hmm. facility? What's it like with the programmers? And that's part of like why I'm going to our office in the Philippines is I get a completely different view Mm-hmm. When I sit down with our employees where they're working and say, you know, and I notice a lot of stuff too that I might not have considered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as any entrepreneur or startup founder, it's good to get that perspective. It doesn't, but with that, you also have to quickly retreat from the things that might suck up your time, effort, right. or energy when it comes to making your business bigger. Like, mm-hmm. You delivering bears is one thing, but if that's all you end up doing, then you don't get to get out there, find the corporate sponsorships or do the different things or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's always the weird balance that, that Mm -hmm. comes with it. So once again, you got to go over to Instagram, follow at my bear, Jeff, head over to Kickstarter and, you know, at least like buy a kid a bear. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So. As far as now, I wouldn't be, this wouldn't be a classic episode of Startup Hustle if we didn't talk about a a point of failure. Mm -hmm. Um, What was something during this process that you either didn't consider, thought would be way easier than it was, or just flat out failed at that you look back at now and you're like, wow. Um, I mean, I think there's pieces like... And the whole thing, there's probably at least 5,200 pieces. So I'm trying to think of one specific. I don't think there was one really big one. I think there was a lot of really small minor ones. And like one of them was manufacturing. And I've just been in the mode where I can figure it out, right? Well, there's so much that if I wouldn't have a manufacturing partner, I don't know if I would figure it out anytime soon. So I think that was one thing that I just, I expected to be way easier. And I expected, oh, maybe I can design a bear and then, I don't know, figure it out from there. And so there's so many different components and pieces to that and that it hasn't been necessarily a place of failure, but I've definitely had a point where I remember getting the the numbers back from a manufacturer and he's like, okay, so this is how much 5,000 bears are going to be. And I'm like, 5,000 bears? What am I going to do with 5,000 bears? I'm going to put them. And, and so it was kind of in this place of, whoa, I need to pull back and like, you know, really think through this thing better and, you know, how am I going to fund it? And like, I can't just buy all these bears and hope they sell and all these different things. And so I would say that wasn't necessarily a point of failure, but where I went next is a friend suggested to do a beta test and just to buy a bunch of random bears like wholesale and then sell them and just see like what happens. Did you do that? No, I didn't do it. And I had planned to, I remember um, going into my manufacturer's office right when he was giving me the prototypes, they were finished, they came back. And I was like, you know, I think we're going to run a beta test. And he's like, why not do pre-orders? Mm-hmm. I hadn't even considered it. And so that was kind of like, I was- well, with the beta test, the idea was, uh, I would imagine was see if you can even sell these things right. and then see what needs to occur. Cause you've got to collect money. You have to count money. You have to pay people. You have, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of like, you mentioned, you said 5,200 pieces. Now I don't know if you just threw that 50 number. 5,200. Yeah. Oh, 5,200. <laughs> probably. I'm going to say that's low. There probably are 5,200 pieces, mm-hmm. not necessarily to a bear, but meaning to any process. Like the people often look at accomplishing something 
as this bulk task. Mm -hmm. Like I'll give you in one of my books, I meant I talk about a common goal is people want to buy a house. Mm -hmm. So they say, my goal is to buy a house. Well, the, the thing is, is, is your mind doesn't really wrap itself around something that massive. There are 5,200 things that need to occur mm -hmm. perhaps, or maybe a hundred. So you have to start looking at these in like these little tiny doses and like these little small steps and like what comes down to it. And I think a lot of people, like you mentioned, like doing that beta test can be a mm -hmm. really strong idea. Right. Cause you might, and then here's another thing, like you might be passionate about giving away bears mm -hmm. and and realize, you know, I'm not so passionate about, about manufacturing them mm -hmm. or shipping them mm -hmm. and different stuff like that. And I think that's where, uh, you know, the, the, basically what you're being, you referred to as the beta test, but that's validate, that's validation, mm -hmm. market validation. Right. And seen as there even a market for this before you end up with 5,000 bears mm -hmm. in your garage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, well, I considered doing it and I chose to to not, and which is that was a really scary choice because I was like, I don't have the money to be able to buy. Well, the minimum was twenty five hundred, but I don't have the money to do that. So how can I do this? And this means I'm gonna have to ask my friends to be part of this, and I haven't ever asked people for that big of a thing. And so um, that was that was a point where I remember one day I was like, all right, I'm going full fledged on this beta test, and the next day I was like, I'm going full fledged on pre orders. <laughs> Sounds so, like a typical a typical startup. So up yeah. and down, but um, so I think that would be it wasn't necessarily a point of failure, but it was a point of, oof, okay, like that was. I'm glad I explored that idea, but I didn't do it. So, um, I think there has been a lot of very many failures or just like not knowing like how, what even decision to make next. Sure. So. Sure. And that's, I mean, that's really common. Mm -hmm. I, I tell people when I, especially when I talk to the uh, clients that were uh, basically we like at full scale, we like to think we interview our clients as much mm -hmm. as they interview us. And I, and I sit there and I tell them and I say, look, I've been in your seat. I know what it's like to wake up at two in the morning and wonder if I'm going broke if every decision I've made was wrong up to this point, or if I might actually now be crazy. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned the ups and downs, mm -hmm. that's something Watson and I talk about on the podcast a lot. Like there are, as an entrepreneur, the, okay. An entrepreneur can start their day by the, the world is mine. The future is bright. <laughs> and by the time lunch comes around, you're like, Oh my God, this was the worst thing I've yeah. ever oh, decided yeah. to do. And, you know, and that's, that's the thing is, is a startup is not a franchise. A mm -hmm. franchise is a popular business decision right. for people because it comes with an owner's manual mm -hmm. and usually a support line mm -hmm. and maybe even someone from the franchise itself that's going to come help hold your hand while you get it started. Mm -hmm. A startup is something that you dreamt up at some point or worked with someone on. And, and you know, a lot of startups die on the on the vine mm -hmm. before they even get started. And that's why market validation and figuring out what you're going to get into. I think a lot of people are passionate about things. And then and that, by the way, a lot of businesses get started because people have a passion for something mm -hmm. and then it kind of accidentally turns into a business. And then right. they realize, man, I don't know anything about business and maybe I'm not good at it. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean you have to give up your business and you have to give up your passion. It means you have to find someone to help you that's right. good at the things that you're not good at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, something that was, I wouldn't say it was a stupid decision, but something that was 
what on earth were you thinking um, that happened? So my whole thing was, you know, I need to really find a way either to self-fund this or something. And so I had my my current business that I've had for two years and I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to start this other business and I'm going to get a part-time job and run two businesses and a part-time job at once. And I was like, I could do this. I'm invincible. I can do everything. You know, I don't need to sleep that much. And that was like... <laughs> such a dumb thing. And I was like, are you kidding me? So, um, there, there's a phrase that says all you can do is all you can do. Yeah. I mean, it's like a real thing. It's like just in work and life in general. And yeah. Yeah. Over committing to things is a common problem. Mm -hmm. Um, not only in business, but in life. No, for sure. And you know, the thing is, is like, yeah. So, I mean, some of the things that, um, can solve some of those problems is you just really have to have this fearless examination of your own life mm -hmm. and begin to identify what the low value activities in your life are mm -hmm. and begin to replace those time slots with high value activities, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a common thing that people, I don't have enough time. It's not the right time, which by the way is a myth because the right oh, time will yeah. never arrive. Agreed. It's not a real thing. Um, there's never a right time or right? saying that it's not the right time that there, there are moments that aren't the right time, but they will come and pass. Mm -hmm. Like at some point you have to basically jump and then build wings mm -hmm. if you want to be an entrepreneur and that's it. Yeah. And it's scary. Now don't jump if you don't have the stuff to build the wings, mm -hmm. but you know, there's that, that quote leap of faith and different stuff. But if you identify the things in your life that you are doing that provide, when I say low value activity, low value activity as anything that you do that has that the outcome of it is certainly not going to get you towards one of your goals. Mm -hmm. uh, and that could be personal, professional, or physical. Mm -hmm. Like, and those are so people, you know, a lot of people say, I want to lose weight. I, I bet I don't have time to work out. You probably do. You just have to do it in a time where you are spending 30 minutes watching mm -hmm. television. Yeah. People say, I want to learn how to speak French. Okay, learn how to do it in your car while you're driving to work and back. And these are just like, cause like commuting, playing video games, different stuff like that, which people spend a hell of a lot of time doing oh, yeah. is low value. So yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I think that's such a good approach. And that was something that I really, I really took into everything that, um, even getting that job and running to the business at the same time was like, Oh yeah, these are all things that are getting me towards my goal or are they? And yeah you know, if I'm burning myself out or I don't even have time to get stuff done for what I really need to be getting done things, like things done for, which is the My Bear Jeff thing, you know, then what am I really doing? And so it's just been a lot of, I remember my first, my first week doing that, running two businesses and having this job. And I was like, I have lost my mind. I literally can't do this. And um, that's when I really started reevaluating things. But that was probably... I wouldn't say I've had like a ton of massive failures. I think I've had a really lot of stupid moments. Oh and man, everyone <laughs> does. It's it's really funny. The the most successful people that I know have been on this podcast and they all talk about, they're like, oh, I, that's the funny part is when we get feedback about the podcast, people always say, I love it when you guys talk about failure because it makes me feel like I'm not one. Yeah. Yeah. And the other people as well, because that's a common thing. It's like, I mean, failure's it. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to happen a lot. Like wrap oh, yeah. your arms around it. Say that you love it. 
and know that it's not the end of the world mm -hmm. and then you move on. You know, yeah. and I always talk about sales too. So there's a couple four letter words that I love in sales. One is sold and the other is next. Mm -hmm. Like that's just the way it goes. Like the, the failure's one step closer to figuring out what actually does work. Oh, so. absolutely. And I think it's always keeping in mind what the end, uh, whether it's the end vision or the end goal is with what you're working for. Yeah. And what I found is if there's not like a really true passion to where it grips you to like, it really, really hurts you to see something not be done with whatever we're working on, then are you really going to stick to it? And that's been so incredibly testing to me over the last several months that I've really hit this thing hard. And there's been times where it's not necessarily I wanted to give up because of that, but there's definitely been times where I'm just like, there's no way this is going to happen. There's literally no way. And there's something my friend told also me. Also common. Yeah. Oh, so there's something my friend told me. I don't know what point it was, but I was hitting, I mean, I had several, several points where I was just like, I can't, I can't even think straight to even write this, like write up my Kickstarter or do my website or these different things. So I had worked so much to that point. My brain was just done, but she told me something that has been the fuel to like get me to make one decision and, and do the next thing. And that's really what's important is to do the next thing. And, and she told me, she said, do it for the kids. And so I was like, okay, if I think that in the back of my mind, I can, I can keep going with this. And so there's been so many moments where I'm just like, I don't know if it's backtracked me, but it has just been like really dumb stuff. And I'm like, you knew better. Like, Hey, move so, on. Next. Yeah, absolutely. Do the next so, thing. I mean, it's the same thing. You're embracing that same principle. By the way, that falling back and saying like, do it for the kids. Like I, I actually talk to entrepreneurs a lot about what they want to do. And I'm like, you, like, kind of like, you know, you said, look, Hey, look, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And the question is, is how bad do you want it? Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's, there's like, I mean, I've, I've had legitimate discussions with some of the most successful people I know. Like, are we just driven or are we obsessed? Hmm. And it's a weird, like, it depends who you ask. Do you mm -hmm. ask my wife or do you ask me? Cause she'll say I'm obsessed. I'll say I'm driven. Mm -hmm. Are you a genius or are you crazy? Depends who you ask in the end, who cares? Right. You know, like on some level the, um, you know, they always say this, like, it's not selfish to take care of number one, mm -hmm. meaning you, like you have to do the things that make you happy and make you feel fulfilled. Otherwise you're not going to help others get what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, now as we kind of finish up here, I think one of the coolest things is, you know, um, and by the way, I'm, I'm not super religious, but, um, there is some, when it comes to giving, uh, you know, Buddhism says that the highest form and the best kind is giving without an expectation mm -hmm. of return. And that's why I think this is cool. Um, and it's just providing something different to, you know, going out and it's easy to forget about everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so doing things that are, you know, like that, that are selfless in this regard, have, have a, have a really good feeling. Are you beginning to feel that? Um, that it's more selfless. Well, I, it's already selfless. I mean, there, I don't, I haven't sensed anything that's like me, me, me here, but are you starting to feel the sense of fulfillment from, 
from the, the like now that this is real, people are buying it. Because by the way, you launch a Kickstarter, and the very first in the back of your head, you say, "Is anybody going to buy this <laughs> at all?" And then you sit there, and you're probably refreshing oh, the page so many times. And then finally, that first sale comes in, and I actually watched it because I you I got the email that mm -hmm. said, "You know, we've gone live," and I kind of I watched it kind of tick up and 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 stuff like that. But that's I mean that are you getting this feeling of like, Hey, wow, this is actually happening. Mm -hmm. This is real. I know you still have to get to the goal and I want people listening to go buy bear. Don't be cheap. <laughs> buy bear. Um, I would say yes and no. I think there's part of it. that's like, Oh my gosh, there's reality to this. And like even seeing the people that have bought have been, it's been so interesting to see like who has chosen to really jump in and be part of it in that way. And, um, you know, I think that, that there's that aspect to where it's like, yeah, okay, this is real. But the other aspect is this is an all or nothing on Kickstarter. So I'm like, okay, I can't be fantasizing that, oh, this is happening. It's for real. And we're going to, you know, be blown up and do all this stuff. So I think there's definitely a happy medium with, you know, whether, you know, the people that have supported me um, or supported my bear Jeff through it. But yeah, I think there's definitely... I think again, ask me in January 18th <laughs> or, or whenever the number hits. Yeah. But you know, here's the thing though, like in all reality, entrepreneurs, and you know, this probably more than anybody is there isn't an end. There's never going to be an end. Okay. 20,000. That's not good enough. I do I sell people that a lot. Yeah. They're, they oh. talk about their software platforms and they're like, when it's done. And by the way, it's a big red flag for me when I'm talking to clients. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this person does not know. Mm-hmm. Because it's never really done. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. There's so, a, there's a moment in the in the social network, the Facebook movie, mm -hmm. where he what that where Zuckerberg's business partner says, "Well, is it done?" And he's like, "It's never going to be done." Mm -hmm. You know, but that's yeah. that's I mean that's a reality. Yeah, and it's for never sure. really done. So, sure. all right. So we uh, and thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank thanks you for coming so much. In. I, I, I'm hoping that some of our listeners buy a bear or at least drop off a, a couple bucks and buy yeah. a bear for, for a kid. Um, so we end our episodes of Startup Hustle with the Founders Freestyle, and you are a founder. So you can really talk about whatever you want. Um, you know, sometimes we leave things unresolved in the episode. You can talk about, I think you should talk about, remind people where they can buy the bear. Mm -hmm. And what it's going to do, but I'll mm -hmm. go ahead and hand you the mic so we can we can wrap up. Yeah, for sure. I actually have one of the bears with me. Oh, I should have told you that. Like, no, where where is it? Um, let me get it out. Okay, and I, I will I will fill the airspace. I did not realize that we actually had the bear because I thought that we were ordering it. And then it was going to be created. I actually had a feeling that you had. Oh, there it is. So this is just a prototype, but Jeff. Yes, um, so, well, we can hold this up too. Yeah. So, uh, and you can go to the Startup Hustle YouTube channel and see it. So, all right. Well, hey, Jeff. All so right. So, you can Jeff. go ahead and have the freestyle. Jeff and I will sit here and listen and maybe take a selfie together. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, thank you so much for listening in today. As Matt said, you know, if you can jump on Kickstarter and really be part of this first edition, that would be amazing. My heart really is to get these bears out to these kids and impact the community around us. So we would absolutely love and be honored for you to be part of that and really um, give kids, whether on regardless on what side, a lot of comfort and really bring the community together in this. So I'm actually holding Jeff um, or proto Jeff. Prototype. Yes. So this is a cool bear. This is Thank a good you. quality. This is a good item. Like my kids would play with this. And I could see them sleeping with it. This is like good. He's 
he's fluffy. Thank you. I don't know how else to yeah, explain it. He him. is fluffy. There's several reasons as to why we, um, I, I keep saying we, it's me. Why? why no, it's you and Jeff at this point. I, yes, you, <laughs> there is a we here. Yeah. I've said we so many times that yeah. people have caught me and they're like, no, there's a we. Why are you saying we? Because like, it's you and Jeff. I'm like, it's me and Jeff, I, think I guess. You need that's, to correct that's about them. it. So there's been several different things on the bear that I've intentionally chosen and quite honestly, accidentally chosen and realized later of how it actually made a lot of sense. And one of those is I wanted it to be really, really, really soft. And it is. So the goal was, well, kids can really connect more to a soft texture versus hard. There's a lot of studies out there and stuff like that. But wants a hard teddy bear. I know a hard object. Yeah. Right. Um, And then also be really squishy. So if, you know, a kid is going through something, they really can squeeze it. And then the heart being symbolizing the heart procedure that I had when I was four and made it through. But it's more than that. It's really giving kids the, the feel like they can get through anything. And then um, the mouth as well, like really yeah. having the bear come to life and not feel like just another inanimate object. So I love um, you, Jeff. So, yeah, that's Jeff. <laughs> All right. I'm going to wrap this up. So it was funny because at first when Rachel came in, I was like, I'm not sure we're going to have like a, a whole like 45 minutes of teddy bear talk. And we're way, we're past that. Oh, so, wow. oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we, this is the, we're, we usually keep episodes around 40 minutes. We're into overtime people. Oh. And that's because Jeff and I were having so much fun taking <laughs> selfies. If you want to see a picture of Jeff or us with Jeff, you can find that at the at Startup Hustle podcast. Hey, look, there's a lot of things that go on in life and some stuff's worth supporting and some stuff's really worth supporting. Some stuff isn't. This is one of those things that's really worth supporting. And I think it's really important as entrepreneurs, as people, as anybody in general, that when you see people that are truly doing good things, help them out. Like, help them out. Cause I got to be honest, it really wasn't in my plans at the beginning of the year to go give teddy bears to kids, but I helped you help me do that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of great ways to do a lot of great stuff and a lot of great people doing it. Um, you know, you, it, it, when it comes to giving, you have your time, you can have your talent and sometimes you have your treasure like use a little bit of that treasure by a bear, use a little bit of the time and share the link. And it's really that simple. So um, I'm going to get back to going and doing that. So I'll see you all next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.